What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at hogshaven.com, at hogshaven on Twitter and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Moe. Jamal Forrest, you can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget the you. On today's episode, first and foremost, I hope you enjoyed the one with Logan Paulson. Um, and if you have not listened to it, please go back and listen to it. Amazing conversation, amazing insight on the roster and, and what to really look forward to against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some early key matchups that Logan has and his eyes that, that needs to really work out against the Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday for Washington to get a dub. Um, yeah, go ahead and take a look at that. And make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you aren't. Make sure you go ahead and leave that rating um, and a review, man. It takes a couple seconds, you know, and we truly appreciate it over here. Um, and, and, you know, let the potentials know that this is a quality podcast worth their time. Because it's always worth your time when you listen to the Hogshaven side. And uh, on today's episode, man, we have a Jaguars Commanders um, preview, in a sense, from the Jaguars perspective. Uh, we have Jordan DeLugo checking in uh, with the Hogshaven podcast. Uh, Jordan DeLugo covers the Jaguars for Generation Jaguar. Um, we had a, a good conversation, a, a very extensive conversation about you know who the Jacksonville Jaguars are heading into 2022. But obviously, as well... Uh, some matchups that he's looking forward to against the Washington Commanders and how uh, he thinks things will play out for um, the Jaguars. But also, I asked him about, I had to ask him about what the hell happened um, from uh, last year, tw- Week 18, Carson Wentz, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that, that was a hot topic conversation from Colts fans, from, from Washington fans. And, you know, we always argue from from a fan base standpoint, we love to argue with, with one another if we have a different opinion on Carson. And then the same thing, we love to argue with, with Colts fans if we have a different opinion. But you never really get the perspective of the team that actually just beat Carson Wentz and really doesn't have a fight in the dog. Like, they never had Carson Wentz. They just played against him. So it was interesting to kind of get his opinion, his perspective on, you know, what happened week 18. And, um, you know, he he laid out some 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 possibilities that, or a possibility that's really bothering Carson and, and what got to him week 18 and what Scott Turner and Washington's offense needs to do moving forward throughout the rest of this season. So um, that's that. And that's it for me. <laughs> um, so the next up, you will hear uh, the, the conversation between Jordan and myself. Next up on the schedule related, you will hear another uh, preview, an actual uh, Washington official Washington preview on how to beat the Jaguars uh, by myself and um, anti-up consulting uh, from a betting perspective. He'll give us some keys to this weekend, but also keys to Washington and Jacksonville, some things to look out for if you are a gambler. So I'm really I'm really looking forward to that one. So um, stay tuned for that one. And that will be out tomorrow, early tomorrow. So yeah, with that being said, y'all be safe here. Next up is the conversation between Jordan and myself. Joining us right now is Jordan DeLugo covering the Jacksonville Jaguars for Generation Jaguar. I appreciate you joining me today, uh, Jordan. And I, I, I guess let's go ahead and get things started with the state of the Jaguars. Um, I, I feel like Washington and Jacksonville is, is actually in similar 
situations from a, a, a fan base perspective. Um, just just from a standpoint of uh, getting uh, playoff appearances, uh, having those come too far and in between. So, uh, I, I mean, obviously, you know, we have a better situation, but ultimately, like three three playoff appearances ain't no ain't is really really nothing. Um, over the past decade or so. So um, I'll head the floor to you, man. What is what is the state of the Jaguars? How are the fans feeling about Jacksonville? Uh, what is the what is the buzz surrounding the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into 2022? Yeah, first off, thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to talk some football here. Happy to talk some regular season football, right? Absolutely. So, some games Absolutely. that actually count. Um, we've been talking about training camp and preseason for seemingly months here, certainly dating back to OTAs and all that. But um the state of the jaguars yeah only one playoff appearance 2017 uh the last playoff appearance prior to that was before shod khan bought the team back in 2007 so they've been going a decade in between playoff appearances here which obviously is completely unacceptable but where are the jaguars at now they've completely hit the reset button uh, after the urban meyer debacle um you know you bring in doug peterson you bring in an entire new coaching staff. You have six new starters on the defensive side of the ball, seven new starters on the offensive side of the ball, a brand new assistant GM. Trent Baalke is still in place as the general manager. He's pretty much the only holdover from the previous season uh, for the Jaguars here. So it's a completely new look team, whether that's for better or for worse. It'd be hard to imagine that it's for worse, right? But it is a completely new looking team. So much new on both sides of the ball. I think they're in a much better uh, place mentally from an energy standpoint inside that building. You've heard that a lot, that the culture was immediately flipped the day Doug Peterson stepped in the building. You know, this is a former NFL quarterback, a longtime assistant coach in the NFL, a guy who has won at the highest level as a head coach. He knows how to communicate with players, to push players when they need to be pushed to pull back a little bit when you need to settle things down. I think he has a really great way of, of communicating with his players, with his staff, with everyone in the building. So it, it's a complete 180 from what you saw just a year ago. And I guess um, just from a, a year ago, kind of walk us through uh, – I, I don't know. I don't want, you don't have to go too far, like, into the tra- traumatic area because – Urban Meyer, man, that, that was a whole situation. We we knew from afar how bad it was, but you cover the team. You kind of understand from a detailed standpoint the ins and outs of, of what it was to deal with Urban Meyer and the 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 short-term error that he had in Jacksonville. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, let's see, like, how bad were those operations under Urban Meyer? But then you already described the transition from, from Doug Peterson, but I guess I would just ask you, like, what has surprised you? Something that you probably – uh, it surprised you for the better uh, under Doug Peterson to this point, given you know, the season hasn't started yet. So, yeah, it's hard to say that I've been very surprised by anything I've seen so far. Again, they haven't played a game yet uh, under this new regime under Doug Peterson. Um, you know, I guess I would say the biggest surprise and and how the Jaguars approached the off season was just how much they invested in the off-ball linebacker position. I can see, you know, bringing in Foye Luke, and uh, I think they overpaid Foye, but he is an ascending player, led the league in tackles. His growth from being a sixth-round pick a few years back to what he is now 
has been really something to see. But then to double down, you trade up back into the first round to get Devin Lloyd at 27 overall. Then in the third round, you take Chad Muma. These are three off-ball linebackers that the Jaguars invested heavily in this offseason. When you see the league kind of moving away from heavily investing in off-ball linebackers. I know the commanders have an off-ball linebacker they invested heavily in last draft uh, that I'm sure we'll talk about here. But I think that's been a big surprise. And um, I also think kind of the approach with the receivers was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Paying Zay Jones, um, paying Christian Kirk much more than anyone expected. I looked at Christian Kirk as a player that would get paid, that would get – I was projecting around 13 – I thought I was projecting around $13 million per year. The Jaguars busted the door down with $18 million. I don't think anyone was getting close to paying him that much. But Trent Baalke made no qualms about it. They said, if we identify a player uh, and we identify a valuation on him, we're just going to go for it. We're not going to worry about what the rest of the league's doing. For better or for worse, uh, the Jaguars made some interesting moves at wide receiver, and they certainly heavily invested in that off-ball linebacker group has um kirk looked apart i guess and and, and i know 18 million is obviously a a lot of money from from the expectation side but from a performance standpoint uh, how how has christian kirk looked uh and and i guess for that matter brandon sheriff given that you know he's a he's a former commander what what is what does kirk look like uh, from my personal standpoint my personal intrigue but also brandon sheriff yeah i think christian kirk is a player who is a really good starting receiver in the nfl Um, he's a great route runner. He's got good speed. I think what he can do for you is a line inside in the slot, a line outside at times as well. He's a great route runner. Uh, I think he can, he can take the top off the defense. I think from a, an alignment standpoint, he's much better at taking the top off through the seam than, than on the outside, but he's going to move around and, and he's been catching everything. I mean, Caught 75% of his targets last year in that Cardinals offense. I don't think he's a legitimate number one. I'm not out here trying to say that the Jaguars were right to pay him $18 million. Uh, But, you know, looking away from the the money, is he an upgrade? Is he a better football player? Is he going to be a more reliable receiver for Trevor Lawrence than he has had? or than he had in 2021, I do believe so. And then looking at Brandon Sheriff, I mean, y'all know about this guy. When he's on the football field, very few interior offensive linemen who are more talented, harder working, and uh, and just as effective as Brandon Sheriff. And he's been a leader. He was named a team captain earlier this week. No surprise. I predicted he would be a team captain just based on his experience, his talent, his work ethic. This is a guy that, according to Trevor Lawrence, has kind of lifted the entire offensive line with his grittiness and, and his uh, play on the field. So we'll see how it shakes out. Obviously, the knock on him throughout his career hasn't been his play on the field. It's been his health. Uh, but right now he's healthy, and we'll see how it goes for him here in Jacksonville. Before we get into like a macro level offense defense thing, what does the relationship look like between Trevor Lawrence and uh, Doug Peterson? How does that development coming in? Uh, obviously, year one from a statistical standpoint, uh, you know better from a performance 
uh, standpoint, but from a statistical standpoint, year one for Trevor didn't look too good. Um, and you kind of wonder, uh, obviously, how much of an impact that offense and Urban Meyer altogether played a part in how he performed on the field. But uh, in terms of year two and that transition from the offseason into uh, the regular season, how has Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, I mean, excuse me, Doug Peterson looked? Yeah, I think that their relationship has been very good. Of course, Doug Peterson, a former quarterback, former quarterback coach, former offensive coordinator. Um, he's worked with a lot of quarterbacks. He's been a quarterback. I think he knows how to effectively communicate and uh, teach Trevor Lawrence. And so far, their relationship is off off to a great start. I think they, they really do enjoy each other's company. They enjoy uh, the back and forth dialogue. You know, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this. Uh, how do we respond to this? And, and you've seen Trevor Lawrence grow in his leadership and his ability to just communicate what he's seeing and what he wants to see from the offensive line to the receivers and tight ends. So I think that relationship is really off to a strong start. Of course, we're going to really find out on Sunday, yeah. right? Uh, we're going to find out how strong of a start that that relationship is off to uh, when you look at getting into a real game setting. But Trevor, during the preseason, uh, when he was on the field, the offense moved the ball very well. I think you saw Doug Peterson doing some things that just having rece receivers run open, scheming it up. You did not see that for Trevor Lawrence last year. And yes, his statistical performance was awful. Statistically, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes the stats do lie. I think there, there certainly were some growing pains for Trevor, but I don't think he was well coached. Uh, the receivers were not up to snuff, you know, 41 drops, over 300 yards mm. of drops uh, by his receiving core. Then you look at the offensive line. I think the Jaguars think they've upgraded it. Have they? Certainly Brandon Sheriff is an upgrade, but you still got the same two tackles as you had out there last year. Um, I think the offensive line did a decent enough job, but Trevor – his ability to manipulate the pocket, to maneuver in the pocket, I think that was probably his strongest or his biggest strength in 2021. This year, I think you've seen so far that he has the ability to manipulate defenders with his eyes, which is certainly another step. And for a guy that's so talented to be doing some of those little things the right way, I think is very encouraging. This offense, and I guess for for that matter, the defense is well, pretty young, but uh, in terms of the personnel standpoint and understanding what you have on offense with uh, obviously Zay Jones, Evan Ingram coming in, uh, Christian Kirk we mentioned, uh, and then I think Dan Arnold, I believe, who's been around in Jacksonville um, for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken. And then obviously yeah, they brought Travis, Arnold uh, in last year. Last year, yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Travis Etienne. All these names, and, and obviously James Robinson coming back. Uh, the offense that that Doug Peterson likes to run, obviously, is RPO based. He's he has a proven uh, offense. It's, it's won a Super Bowl for him. Um, is this the the personnel on offense to get it done, or are there some some pieces that you think are still uh, a little bit uh, left to be desired? That's a great question, and I think there's some X factors here that I'm not ready to say yes, they are the answer, or no, they're not the answer. I think Evan Ingram is one of the biggest X factors in the NFL. Uh, Doug Peterson has had tremendous success with tight ends throughout his career as a coach. Looking at Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard, Trey Burton. Uh, he has gotten the most out of a lot of tight ends. Now, Evan Ingram has been inconsistent throughout his career. 
Uh, he's had incredible highs and and just super low lows. Um, you've seen some of that throughout training camp already. You've seen some drops where you're just scratching your head. Then you've seen some plays where he go ups and get gets goes up and gets a touchdown pass. You're like, damn, that's the best catch I've seen all camp. So he's going to be one of the biggest X factors. Does he get the job done in crunch time for the Jaguars? Can they rely on him? And then the other X factor there for me is Zay Jones. This is a guy who was drafted highly a second round pick a few years back by the Bills. Struggled with some off-field issues early in his career. Uh, They sent him over to to the Raiders where he played for the last couple seasons. Um, I think down the stretch last year, he had a little bit of an opportunity to be that kind of featured X receiver. And he did some good things. Yards per route run and all that were looking pretty good. I still wasn't sold on the move. I will say throughout training camp, they, and when I say they, I'm talking about Zay Jones and Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. They have shown a real connection. He is lining up as their X receiver on the outside more often than not is Zay Jones. And they've looked good. Zay Jones has size, speed, athleticism. I haven't seen it on tape to this point throughout his career to go out and say that he deserves to be a number one receiver on a quality offense. But the Jaguars believe that that's exactly what he's going to be for them this year. If I had to point to one big area that I I do question, it's just is, is Evan Ingram and Zay Jones, are they going to be what you need them to be in order for this offense to find the type of success they're looking for in 2021? Now, about this defense, um, this one, I, overall, I, I, and we'll get into like the, the actual matchup, but overall, I think that um, this is something that can really take, at least from a fan base standpoint, commanders fans by surprise. I, I, I've always thought that uh, for probably a couple months now that Jacksonville actually has some pieces in place compared to what Washington done and the fact that we play in week one. Uh, Washington hasn't really done much in the offseason. I mean, obviously you get a quarterback, but you didn't really bolster up the roster surrounding um, uh, even the defense or the offense. Like it's, it's all draft picks or a couple of free agent signings from the offensive line. Point being, this defense from Jacksonville has has went through a significant change. The same thing for the offense, but defensively, you got uh, Trayvon Walker, obviously Devin Lloyd, and you talked about the free agent addition at linebacker as well. What? Um, let's start with Josh Allen, I guess. What is what is his outlook heading into his fourth season with Jacksonville? Um, is this something where we're we're asking uh, Allen to become a superstar? Is like their pressure on him any sense, or is this more so? You're you're. I, I guess I'll just leave the floor to you because uh, that's an interesting name. I, I liked how he played last year. Yeah. So Josh Allen, like you said, entering his fourth year as a pro. Fourth year with the team, seventh overall pick back in 2019. Um, Really unbelievable that he fell to seven looking back at that draft. Thank you to the Raiders for uh, going and getting (laughs) Clellan Farrell at four overall. But Josh Allen, uh, the Jaguars did pick up his fifth year option for 2023. So they they expect Josh Allen to be a franchise cornerstone. and, And Josh Allen, no one has placed bigger expectations on Josh Allen than Josh Allen. He's talked about it throughout the offseason and training camp. His goal this year is to be the best defender in the NFL. Is that an attainable goal? Ask Aaron Donald, right? Um, but I think having that mindset and Mike Caldwell, the Jaguars' new defensive coordinator, enforcing that mindset, reinforcing that mindset, asking him, why aren't you the best defensive player in football? Again, I don't think he's going to get to that level. I do think, however, he can be a Pro Bowl-level 
pass rusher year in and year out. He's a very good run defender. The pass rush has been um, a little bit inconsistent, a little bit up and down for Josh Allen. Certainly hasn't been surrounded with the best coaching or 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 talent around him on that defensive front. Um, I think this year there is better coaching. There is more talent around him. I'm expecting him to have double-digit sacks in 2021. And I think he would be expecting to have, you know, close to 20. I don't believe that he's at that level yet, but I do think double digits is more than reasonable for Josh Allen. So uh, you all have a new coordinator, obviously, that came in with with Peterson. Kind of describe, you know, who he is to this point, uh, the the type of scheme he likes to run if you – if you can, I don't know if he's shown too much in, in the preseason, but uh, speak towards that and, and obviously how Trayvon Walker comes into place, uh, the scheme that he has running. Yeah, so Mike Caldwell comes from the Todd Bowles tree. He's been a, a, a linebacker's coach in Todd Bowles' defenses for most of the last decade when you look at going back to Arizona, New York, and and then Tampa. Um, he was a linebacker in the NFL for a long time. He clearly values the linebacker position, the off-ball linebacker position. I believe part of the reason you saw such heavy investments in that group is because Mike Caldwell wants to emulate what he had in Tampa with Devin White, with Levante David. Um, He's going to be running a base 3-4 defense. You'll see Devon Hamilton at nose tackle and base. Foley Fatukasi, if he's healthy, because he is dealing with a calf that limited him in practice on Wednesday. And then Roy Robertson Harris as your base defensive ends with Josh Allen and Trevon Walker on the outside at outside linebacker there on the edge. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see them in base a ton, but you will see them in base when they're trying to stop the run. And then um, you're going to see a lot of exotic pass rush looks, in my opinion. They've been holding their cards close to the vest. But when you look at Todd Bowles and what he's done, it's been a lot of exotic looks up front and a lot of zone coverage on the back end, mixed coverages to try to confuse opponents on the back end. I think that's what you're going to see from Mike Caldwell as well. Um, is So I remember speaking with someone earlier this week and they mentioned uh, Trayvon Walker being kind of like a – I guess his alignment was more so – he said his alignment will probably be more so based on where the tight end – is, is situated uh how kind of is how does he look in particularly in in, in camping in, in games but also uh is this somewhere where like they're looking at to, to place him up as a mismatch type of thing or is he like at a set sam position uh right side of the defense left side of the defense how is he how is he looking you know they've been talking about it as if they're gonna keep josh and trayvon kind of on opposite sides and keep them in place here and not be moving them around a ton. I have a hard time believing that. Uh, I really do, based on what Mike Caldwell has talked about um, when he was hired, how he wants to be aggressive and and affect the quarterback, and um, looking at, of course, what what system he comes from and Todd Bowles' system. They move those players all around the formation. I think you're going to see them move. And and the good thing about Trevon Walker and Josh Allen is they both have the ability to – uh, set the edge against the run. I think they're both good weak side defenders as well against the run. You know, that athleticism, the ability to chase down back uh, ball carriers. And then they both have good drop ability. You've seen that throughout Josh Allen's career. You saw that from Trevon Walker at Georgia. Uh, so I think they're both versatile outside linebackers that will move around the formation. Uh, what what the Jaguars have talked about is making sure that Trevon Walker 
is fully comfortable at outside linebacker before they start dropping him in at different spots all over the place. So I guess we'll see how how comfortable they think he is at outside linebacker and, and see if they feel ready to, you know, shift him inside and line him up over a center or or send him on a blitz as, a, as an off ball. And he can do all these different things that he did at Georgia. When will the Jaguars allow him to play a more versatile role? We'll find out. Now, in terms of this game, uh, this upcoming Sunday, uh, how do you feel about it? But but also, what are some some areas in which you think that I guess let's start with with Washington side. What are some areas that you think that Washington can probably take advantage of, and then uh, we'll transition to uh, probably some some strengths for Jacksonville that they can probably uh, look into. But but how do you feel about the game, and what are some areas that uh, concerns you in terms of Washington's up, approach? Yeah, so with with Washington, I think the clear advantage that they're going to have over a lot of teams, and it's unfortunate that Chase Young is injured for them right now. But I think that defensive line, even without Chase Young, it, it wasn't as big of an advantage as it needed to be last year. There were some injuries, obviously. But from a talent perspective, there's no reason that, that a defensive front that features Jonathan Allen, uh, uh, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat, and of course, whenever Chase Young gets back, there's no reason that should not be one of the best defensive lines in football in my opinion. And so that I think will worry every team that faces the Washington commanders. Uh, I just do not, I don't know. I think it's interesting too. Like the Jaguars have Luke Fortner, who is a rookie playing center. They also have Jawan Taylor. Who's been at right tackle. Who's been inconsistent at best throughout his career. He has had a really strong preseason and training camp, but uh, you know, holding off Walker little, who's the second round pick in 2021. I would. I am interested to see the matchup between the defensive front for Washington and the offensive line for the Jaguars, um, not only in pass rush, but also uh, I think the Jaguars' offensive line has not looked as good run blocking as they need to. I do think that comes with reps, that comes with chemistry and time together, but how quickly can they get that going? Uh, I think it'll be it'll be huge for this game. But the one thing you do like about that, when you talk about Trevor Lawrence being a quarterback that can – uh, effectively avoid pressure and maneuver the pocket. Maybe if the offensive line doesn't quite get the job done in pass pro, Trevor will be able to overcome that with his pocket movement. And then I think Doug Peterson also is going to get Trevor on the move on quick rollouts and things like that, which could potentially negate some of that pressure that Washington's going to try to create up front. But I think that's really interesting. I think also I'm excited to see the, the, the trading of punches, in, in my opinion, yeah. between the Washington receiving core and the Jaguars secondary. You have Terry McLaurin. You have Jahan Dotson. You have Curtis Samuel. Hopefully Logan Thomas is healthy for this one. Uh, I, I look at that, and then I look at what the Jaguars have on the back end. I think Andre Sisco is a rising star at safety. I think Tyson Campbell is a rising star at cornerback. Shaquille Griffin has been a steady cornerback, starting cornerback for many years in this league. Um, and then Darius Williams comes over from Los Angeles, a guy who has been a very effective cover corner for some time in this league. So I think um, watching what the, what the commanders receivers do against the, the Jaguars secondary is going to be really fun to watch as well. Now you talked about Trevor Lawrence and his mobility. I think one of the things for Washington is that they traditionally like, this goes back 
15 plus years like painfully I, I painfully remember all of this these guys struggle against mobile quarterbacks and they it's nothing it doesn't matter what defense washington is in it doesn't matter what defensive coordinator they just traditionally struggle with mobile quarterbacks um and, and that points me back kind of to the rpo now i understand that uh you know it's not always about keeping the ball obviously as a, as a quarterback it's 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 a lot of handoffs to the running back. It's a lot of quick, short throws. Um, but do you think that Trevor, like you said, you spoke on it uh, essentially, but do you think that there can be a, a lot of design runs in place for Trevor? Um, just traditionally with Doug Peterson knowing who Washington's defense is, like he has familiarity with these guys. Yeah, I think there will be some designed runs. I don't think that will be, when I say designed run, I mean it is designed for him to take the football. It's not an RPO. There will be a lot of RPOs. Uh, a lot of read option, but I think there will be a couple where they're like, all right, Trevor, this one's for you. We're going to get them moving in the wrong direction and, and we're going to get you out in open space. And you saw that a couple times throughout the preseason. I don't think there will be a ton where it's like, Trevor, this is for you, but I think there will be yeah. a couple. And then there will also be plenty of read option, RPO screens, all that fun stuff. Who is one person or two people, I guess let's do one side on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, who is one person on defense and offense that you think is probably uh, a name that Washington should be really focused on or, or, or be paying attention to? Yeah, um, defensively, looking at Arden Key, who is a less heralded name, but a guy who came on strong for the 49ers last year as an interior pass rusher. The Jaguars are using him in the same role in a rotational role. Um, and he has been electric throughout training camp and in the preseason. He's been racking up the pressures and the sacks. And so uh, the, they're, they're going to use him and DeWan Smoot for that matter. I think those rotational rushers are not as talked about as Josh Allen and Trevon Walker. But I think they're going to be difficult for teams to deal with throughout the, the year. Um, and then you look at offensively, I would say a less heralded player that you could look at here. Um it's interesting because most of the Jaguars players you talk about, I do think Zay Jones is going to be one of the, I think he's going to be the second leading receiver for the Jaguars this year. What's going on with uh, Marvin Jones? Uh, is he, is he, is he healthy? He's, he's around. Yeah. Marvin okay. Jones is healthy. Um, he is looking good. He's a leader in that room. He's the elder statesman of the offense of the entire team at 32 years old. But uh, I think he's more of the flanker, the possession receiver, you know, we need a, we need a bucket. We can just throw it up to him and hopefully he can go get the football. Uh, but I do think Zay Jones is going to out target him because they really like the speed and size that he brings to the field. Am I sold on it? Not entirely yet, but the Jaguars do appear to be ready to just kind of give Zay Jones the keys to the kingdom at X receiver. Now from a Jaguars perspective, um, like what are what are the expectations for for the season? What are the expectations for week one first and foremost? But like, is this something where we're? I mean, you said full. Like we set the we reset we hit the reset button obviously after last year. But um, are are there anything or anybody out there who's anticipating or expecting playoffs? How's this how's this working for the Jaguars? And, and what are the, the expectations for week one? So I think the most important expectations are the internal expectations, not the external expectations. And this is a team that believes they're going to compete into the playoffs. Now, is that realistic? 
Do I believe that's going to happen? I believe it could happen. I think there is the talent in place. There is the quarterback head coach marriage in place uh, for this to quickly take off. However, I do look at some of the question marks throughout the roster. Some of the youth, incredibly young team. They're still the fourth youngest team in football. They've got a brand new offensive coordinator who will not be calling plays, but he is the offensive coordinator in Press Taylor. Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator, he's never been a DC before. He's never had to call plays. So there's a lot of youth, a lot of newness, a lot of inexperience. I think that is going to hold them back just a bit this year um, and, and keep them out of really being uh, in the playoff race in the last couple of weeks of the season. But I think they will be encouraged by what takes place this season. And if they catch fire and you know, take down a couple AFC West teams, which I think is going to be really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of exercise their demons against the Texans who they haven't beaten since 2017 and the Titans who are always a thorn in their side. Um, they could be, they could make a playoff push, but I have them at seven and 10 right now and we'll see how that plays out. But looking at this matchup, I think it could go either way. I really do. Obviously, Washington's at home. They're favored by two and a half right now. The money has moved towards the Jaguars a little bit this week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am going to take the Jaguars. I am going to take the Jaguars in this one, but I, I feel very strongly that it could go either way. The reason I believe the Jaguars will win this one is because I think they will will be able to affect Carson Wentz at times. I expect Carson Wentz to make a couple of mistakes. And uh, I just think the pairing with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson is going to end up, uh, it's going to end up having a nice start, uh, a nice beginning to this era of Jaguars football. Okay. Last last one for me. Um, What happened with Carson Wentz against Jacksonville? You saw the game. You're not a, you're not a Colts fan who who was emotionally invested in Carson Wentz. You're not a, a a Washington fan or even a reporter, I guess, in that instance that that was invested in in Carson Wentz. So you don't have a, a dog in the fight. You are just happen to be the the, the person who watched the team that beat him. Mm-hmm. What happened with Carson Wentz against Jacksonville in Week 18? You know uh, how you know Joey Bosa kind of talked about Derek Carr. You know, you get him to make a mistake. You get some pressure in his face. You hit him, um, and he kind of wilts. I think the same thing can be said about Carson Wentz. I think if you get him a little rattled early on, it is really tough for him to get himself back right mentally um, in an in-game situation. So I think that's the key for the Jaguars, and I think that's the key for every team playing the Washington Commanders this year because Carson Wentz does have a big arm. He's got a big body. He, uh, he's got physical tools. You saw it in 2017, and you've seen it in spurts since then. But uh, Scott Turner's got a heck of a job in front of him trying to make sure that Carson Wentz keeps his confidence throughout this season and throughout games. So I, I take it that's probably something that, that hit him hard last year was um, the fact that because he got sacked six times, uh, he had two turnovers, um, and, and probably you think that it was a long day for him from, from a mental standpoint, trying to overcome the hurdles, uh, last year. Yeah. I don't think that uh, Wentz isn't quite the athlete he was before his injury. He's still a, a plus athlete at the quarterback position, but he has all the physical tools to get the job done. He just does. I mean, this was a number two overall pick, big, strong arm, good athlete, 
it's really about keeping him right mentally. And that's been the struggle over the last two seasons for him during his last season in Philly and his, his only season in Indy. Well, Jordan, I definitely appreciate your time. I appreciate you sticking with me. Went a little bit over, but uh, nonetheless, man, you were great. Let the people know where they can find you, read from you, hear from you, all that good stuff, my man. The floor is yours. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Um, No underscores, no fun stuff like that. Just at Jordan DeLugo. And then all of my work, I've shifted to more of this audio and video content than writing. So you can check out all our videos. Just um, Jen Jag on YouTube which is G-E-N as in Generation Jag, J-A-G. And you can uh, find all the content there. I did my Jaguars Commanders preview that just dropped a little bit ago. And uh, if you just want to find out more about the Jaguars and, and what they might have going on this year, you can certainly.